You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Speaking of guys in other lanes maybe Knicks can pursue. The Zion Williamson era in NOLA could be coming to an end. So you had Sham Serenia reporting that the Pelicans are pursuing a trade in hopes of drafting G League Ignite point guard Scoot Henderson uh, in the top three of this year's NBA draft and that they are in discussing internally whether they should be sending out Zion Williamson in order to make that happen. Um, again, Brian Windhorst is also piggyback on that reporting, saying that the Pelicans are certainly looking at what their options could be for trading Zion Williamson. And whenever Zion Williamson trade rumors or unhappiness rumors have come about, the Knicks have shortly followed after there. He wanted to be a Nick when he was uh, in the draft in 2019. Of course, that did not happen when Knicks lost the lottery. He talked about Masters with Garden being his play, favorite place to play in New York City, being one of his favorite cities in America. So um, the the trade machine was already working as soon as these reports started coming out that Zion may be on the move. Uh, Tommy, if you were the Knicks, would you pursue Zion Williamson in, in this situation and get into this situation where uh, if you're looking at you know Portland maybe trying to trade three, Maybe you say, hey, let's uh, let's throw in our pick. Let's throw in Randall. Let's make this a three-team deal. Let's bring back Zion because how healthy can Zion be really to help uh, Dame Lillard win a championship? Like, should the Knicks get involved with this uh, with this potential uh, trade rumors? Oh, man, EJ, like there's a times I'm jealous of sports executives. They make all this money and get to, you know, and have, have you know, get a place at the table of, of such important decisions. And I'd like to yeah. be knowledgeable about sports. This is one of those situations where I think the whole, the, the Pell should probably trade Zion, but I don't think I'd have the stomach to trade him. Um, wow. I, 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 you know, if gun to my head, I'd probably bet against him, you know, fulfilling his potential. But there are very few players in the NBA that have MVP potential. When he's healthy, he is a top five athlete, talent, a combination yeah. of what, what he can do on a basketball floor. A lot of people can't do. He hasn't been able to do it more than two months at a time. Um, he hasn't been able to do it consistently, whether that's his fault or his body's fault or sliding into girls DMs, whatever. There, there's a lot of there's a <laughs> lot of red flags there. And there's a lot of stuff that you have to be worried about if you're a Pelicans fan, if you're a Pelicans, you know, in Pelicans management, if you're a team that's considering trading for him, I'm sure there's a lot of executives doing a lot of digging because, you know, these guys, uh, they don't mess around in, in these professional sports leagues. They know exactly. Yeah. Well, they, they have a better sense of just what the buzz is on Twitter. Like they, they get to the bottom of stuff, but again, 
The Browns gave up a, a, an untold amount of assets for Deshaun Watson and signed to the richest, richest contract in NFL history. If you are talented enough, a team will give you a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance. Um, when I want my team to be the team that gives, right. you know, what are we on, a second, third chance now in terms of injuries and, and red flags? Ah, man, because I'm not in love with Randall, I, I could be talked into it. I could consider it. Um, I'd like the idea of just the the. It would just be so interesting to see kind of how he would fit in alongside you know make, you know the leadership kind of in a in a with Brunson led locker room and under Tibbs and and all that stuff. So I wouldn't be dead set against it. Um, but again, that's you know my job's not on the line, so I can just kind of right. do it for 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 goofs. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'd really have to sit down, think hard. I'd have to think about what they'd give up. I'd have to think about what they'd give back. Um, but I'm, I'm really on the fence when it comes to Zion. I don't know which way to go. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I agree. This is one of the hardest decisions I think probably an organization will have to uh, sit through in terms of the Pelicans, and I think it will be equally hard for these teams who see a supernova talent out there who I think can be had probably, but what will it cost you? Will he ever play that supernova talent level for you on a consistent basis? And what other headaches could he may come with him if you bring him into your organization? So like that's funny. I was talking to my brother a couple of nights ago and I was looking at the Zion Williamson situation and it's, it's different because of the injury reasons really. Um, but to me, he kind of reminds me of like Chris Webber's early career yeah. in the NBA. Like, you know, it's one of those things where if I'm the Pelicans and say, look, he may go somewhere else and be an MVP candidate. It just ain't going to be here. Right. And that's a decision that like the Wizards slash Bullets and the Warriors had to come to. And it yeah. wasn't necessarily so or everything wasn't all their fault. A yep. lot of it was the immaturity of the of the actual player himself. But sometimes you just got to know, like, is there is there any scenario where, like, this thing just doesn't continue to kind of snowball and get worse and worse? And, like, it just might not work out. And he may go somewhere else and be great, but you may just have to live with that and hope you make yep. the best of whatever, you know, kind of shrapnel you get coming back for you. And you could tell yourself that even, you know, even if he goes on to fulfill his te- potential elsewhere, you can kind of reason to yourself. It just wasn't going to happen here for whatever right. reason, you know, like he needed to go somewhere else and get a fresh start and get a kick in the pants and realize nothing's guaranteed, et cetera. Um, but yeah, it's, it, 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 it's a, it's a, a scary, you know, scenario one with the other. And the other thing that Pels have to ask themselves, some Pels fans, if they trade him, are going to say, why did you sell low? He's coming off an injury prone year and, yeah. you know, you, let him get healthy and then trade him. Is this not what the Pell's got to ask himself? Is there another level of, you know, in other words, if he gets hurt again, how much right. further, you know, if you can get 70, 83% of, you know, whatever Zion was, 100%, you know, at the 12 months ago, you know, you can get 85% yeah. now. Um, can you, you know, maybe only get 70% six months from now. And then a year from now, maybe you only right. get 40% um, right. because, you know, another baby mom, you know, just, there's, there's a lot right. of, yeah. there's just a lot of stuff out there um, that, 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 that can scare you. And then the flip side is he comes in healthy and he can average 27, nine and five, uh, 
for two months. So it's just it's it's a difficult decision. Yeah, I mean, look, you're looking at the the salary you got for the next five years. You just signed this extension that kicks in this year, thirty three million next this year, thirty six million the year after that, thirty eight million, forty one million, forty four million. I mean, that's a gamble. But do, if he's a great I, I, player, I mean, it's not I the craziest. I'm pretty numbers. sure. Not Bradley Beal numbers. I, I'm pretty sure there are protections, injury in games. Yes, they in. are. The first Embiid contract, there are protections on there. So. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, if he doesn't do what he's capable of, I think the most he'll get, I think, is is 193 out of that, like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, 250 yeah. million that he would get. Right, so, right. like, it, it, I, I, I look, if I was the Knicks, you got you to gotta call. You got, you, you got, gotta, you gotta see, you gotta call, you gotta, you gotta say, hey, what, what is out there? Because yep. you have Julius Randle, who I'm not trying to give him away for anybody, yeah. but like we kind of know what you're getting from him. You, yep. the best you'll get is a, uh, a maybe moody, but probably really uh, impactful and effective regular season, and a player who in the postseason is completely unreliable. Yes. So, given where he is and who that player is. You're looking at not a championship, you know, maybe second round, maybe you can find a way in the conference finals, but it's hard to think that your second best player could be that poor in the postseason. You get all the way to a championship. So you have to ask yourself, hey, is this the kind of a, a good move to kind of kind of maybe reset our clock a little bit like the Knicks are a young yeah. team, but maybe it feels like, hey, like given where Brunson's ages and his contract is that they kind of have to get this thing done now, which is why you're hearing, hey, maybe you go out to Bradley Beal, maybe you go out to Zach Levine. Maybe this kind of resets your your, yes. your situation. We say, hey, this is a younger guy that you're bringing in. Okay, maybe we will have to pay Brunson $40 million a year in a couple of years. But we have now, you know, another 22-year-old to go with R.J. Barrett and these other guys, and these guys will continue to develop. And maybe Brunson's a slight overpay in a couple of years, but we got other guys who are now entering the prime of their career, and now your team looks different. Maybe you're not looking at trying to win the championship in the next two, three years. Maybe you're saying, hey, our window in the next six, seven years Maybe a little better while still the being problem, competitive. While still right. being competitive. and you'll still be a you should still be a good team. Knock yep. on wood if Zion stays healthy, and that's probably yep. really the main thing is for me is yes. is yeah, totally. the health. Agreed. Agreed. The other stuff is a little bit concerning. The main question with that is is the injury. If the guy can't play, um, and whether he's motivated enough, you know, whether yeah. he just you know that's that that, that is the, the primary concern. And you made a, a one point you made too about the injuries. I think was good talking about you know. Like, do you trade him now so that you don't have worse things to deal with? Like, remember, like, the, like this injury he dealt with, like, this wasn't some, like, debilitating thing that you would think that's going to derail his career. Like, he had a hamstring injury, and he couldn't recover. And, like, the thought behind it is, well, soft tissue injury, not in the greatest shape. Like, could your poor recovery be to the fact that you're not taking care of your body? It wasn't he tore his ACL right. or he had a you know, leg Achilles fracture. Yep. Yeah, Achilles, but you don't know. Like, there's no reason, unless Zion doesn't take him, his body and his job right. seriously, that he right. shouldn't go back to being Zion Williamson. Yep. So, like, you don't want to, if you're the Pelicans, say, well, you know what? Like, he, he had a soft tissue injury. Like, we'll just try to motivate him again, and he'll come back next year. The next year, he does blow out a knee, and the God forbid, or yep. does have some debilitating thing. Now you can't give him away. So, that's something I think the Pelicans will have to wrestle as well. And it's something that, you know, the, that if you're the Knicks or you're any team that's looking to trade for Zion, you may tell yourself, hey, like, yes, he's had these injuries, but he hasn't really had anything yet that would make you super scared that he can't play moving forward. Like, and maybe this is the time now to say, hey, if we can just get him to just commit, maybe this will be the right place for him. I actually think also, 
I think what I've learned about Zion in the last four years, however many years he's been in the NBA four, I guess, I think he benefited more from playing next to R.J. Barrett in college than I think anybody ever realized because R.J. was the number one guy coming out of high school. R.J. was the guy seen as a quote-unquote maple mamba. And Zion had a lot of hype, obviously, coming into that due season. I'm talking about once we got to the NBA draft and stuff. But he was seen almost more as like a social media star than he was yep. even like the best player coming yep. into that due class. Yep. And yep. R.J. Uh, took all the heat hits, took all the criticism, and as my brother noted, took a lot of late shots in those games yep. uh, that they won, that they lost. Like he was a closer in a lot of those games. Like a lot of that stuff. And we talk about RJ's maturity and how it's, it's been a benefit to his NBA career so far. Like a lot of those arrows, so to speak, and a lot of that responsibility really was never on Zion. Zion can just go out there and catch alley oops and just be a physical freak. I kind of wonder if you put him back with RJ Barrett, who's still shown to be a really mature young guy, a, a really good leader at just 22 years old. Maybe that's the exact right guy to put him next to, along with a guy like Jalen Brunson. The other thing I was thinking from the Duke days is how much did he benefit from the structure under Coach K? You know, that's a Absolutely. That, that's a tightly run. You know, we can knock Coach K for a million things, but they don't mess yeah. around in terms of, um, you know, meetings and and, and yeah. you know, professionalism. Of, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a pro team. A hundred percent. And one has to wonder, had Zion been drafted by Miami, and they had him on a, a weight, you know, you know, you, you don't get, you know, you don't weigh under this amount, then you don't get paid and you can't practice that day. Right. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, to your point, like he, Zion was more of like a Mac McClung, seventh woods type internet right. guy. What right. really impressed everybody was how well-rounded his game was once he kind of came to Duke and, and, and played well yeah. early on. Yeah. He um, exceeded expectations in that freshman year. 100%, like, 100%. like he was the third best player in the class. People thought yep. Reddish and, yep. and RJ were better than him. He third came in as the third team, guy. Yeah. Yep, yep. Right. And then and then he came in and he was an absolute marvel. So you're definitely right about that. I think you're right also about the structure. Like I I I think David Griffin's been an overrated executive for a long time. So and I don't necessarily blame everything on him with this, but I, I felt like he set a bad tone the minute Zion got there. Like I think he Zion gets there and the first thing he's saying is this is Drew Holiday's team. Um it seemed like they just were ready to just absolve Zion of any responsibility. Maybe in one way said maybe trying to recreate what Duke atmosphere was to some degree, but I actually think it sent a, a, a bad message. To me, they ran that team like a summer camp. It was, oh, you don't have to play here. We're not gonna, we're gonna sit you out in summer league. We're gonna do that. It was just so much coddling to start an NBA career. It's just you don't see that for rookies. Like he was treated like he was a a thirty three year old vet who they were trying to keep on ice and keep him fresh for the playoffs. It didn't make any sense how they how they how they coached him. How Alvin, Alvin Gentry in that rookie year coach him how they talked about him it's so it's hard to start like that and then become a hard ass like his third year in the league like it, it just it's not going to compute it's not going to make sense then so uh yeah i i i just didn't understand how they how they handled that but um the zion williams and stuff i think will be interesting i think if he does get traded you, i think you will hear stuff about the knicks poking around yes, definitely just, again i don't know what they do it but they'll be in the conversation